Hi, I'm Kyle Barden, and on this 386th episode of the MWA podcast, Sean Wisniewski, Mark Hicks, and myself visit with longtime friend of the show, Rex Hansen. He's a great woodworker and a new student at North Bennett Street School. So welcome back to the show, Rex. Thanks, guys. It's well, great it's, to be here. Well, it's awesome. great to have you on, and uh, I'm so interested to learn about your first semester at North Bennett Street School. You're you're uh, doing something that many people aspire to, so can't wait to hear more about it. But uh, before we get uh, back to Rex and what he's doing at North Bennett Street School, let's dip our toes into the woodworking news. So um, first up, uh, Chuck Bender needs a round of congratulations. Uh, he was yeah. awarded the 2022 Cartouche Award from the uh, Society of American Period Furniture Makers, SAPFM, SAPM. So, SAPM. Congratulations, Chuck. So, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not the first time he's won that. I thought he'd gotten it once before, maybe? Maybe mm, I'm wrong? I don't know. I don't. That, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know if they award it to more than one person. That's a good question. Don't know. Well, anyway, but for 2022, you know, our round of congratulations go out to Chuck. And, uh, yeah, he's such a great guy and such a fun guy to be with. Uh, many woodworking in America's spent a time uh, up at the bar with Chuck and even went to White Castle and ate hamburgers with him. Mm-hmm. He likes his White Castle. <laughs> That's right. So, but uh, anyway, so congratulations, Chuck. Um, next up, um, I want to just pay note to a couple of chair plans that uh, came out, uh, which look very, very nice. Uh, the first one is by Bibbings and Hensby, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but it's for their spindle back lounge chair, which is pretty unique little chair that they have there. Um, it is kind of, uh, I don't know what you would really call it. It's their own design. It's got a lot of, uh, of course, Welsh stick chair influences, little, Windsor influences, but it's an absolutely gorgeous chair that they make and sell, and they just uh, release plans for it. Um, they're out of England, so uh, the plans that you would buy, of course, would be electronic. I don't think they sell any paper plans, period, and you would get them to print out. And uh, it's uh, 20 pounds, which I don't know is $450,000 in U.S. money. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's probably... <laughs> Probably about 25, 30 bucks, somewhere around there. Space probably price. closer to 25. What did I, I listen to That's one way? Price. I listen yeah. to a European that obviously they're dealing with different things. So they say dollars, dollars, euros, or pounds. Like just generally speaking, yeah. you know, that, that value. Yeah, pounds are usually a little bit more, probably like a dollar uh, 30 to the pound, something like for that. A while. Yeah, yeah, because of it. Because it fluctuates, but mm -hmm. I mean, just generally speaking, there's mm -hmm. something. It's a little more than a dollar per. But uh, it's an absolutely gorgeous chair. It has more of a uh, a Welsh stair, uh, chair look to it, but not quite Welsh. And um, it's got a real pronounced curve on the back that looks like it would really uh, cradle you. So it's a pretty cool yeah, chair. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting kind of like a wide surrounding yeah. back. They, they make – they have other plans too. They have a more upright one, but this is their – um, uh, the, you know, this is their lounge chair, so it's pretty yeah. cool. So I just, just cause I counted how typical Windsor chair, how many styles are there or what are those spindles? called? The spindles. That's why I'm not spindles. Oh, yeah. Depends. Depends. I'm sure, it's, sure. It varies. Yeah. yeah. It varies this, a lot. I mean, okay. This shows 12 I've on got a continuous to... arc, you know? So like how many evenly spaced? Seen... 12, it's, it's wide. 
It seems like a lot of spills. It has plenty, it's plenty of spl- plenty, spindles. plenty, good, good, plenty of spindles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You could see a typical Windsor, like a sack back or something that would have a lot of spindles, but there would be short spindles as well as tall spindles and yeah, things of that nature. I'm trying yeah. to, I have a, uh, a riding arm and I have a, let's see, I have a continuous arm rocker. It has three spindles under each arm and then maybe seven or eight across the back. So, mm. okay. I mean, that's 13 with the arms, but this is like uh, showing a a 30 and 30 inch and change span of the arc with 12. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it's, it's a wide arc. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I've I've been following them for a long time on Instagram and I've always kind of drooled when they post uh, pictures of that lounge chair. And it's pretty cool that they got some plans out for it. So, yeah, it's a good looking. Yeah. Good looking chair. So uh, next up is Curtis Buchanan uh, has a plans out for a sack back study. So that is interesting uh, on a number of fronts because, you know, of course, Jeff Lithkowitz did the uh, drawings for this. So, you know, those are outstanding. But I'm not aware of too many plans, if any, out there for a SETI. Um, I don't know. Are you are you aware of anything, Mark? I... I don't know. I, I know that he put um, he put somebody else's name on the drawings. Um, Dave Sawyer. Okay. It's Dave Sawyer's names only because this is so. I think this is Dave Sawyer's pattern. Okay. Um. So, but I don't think Dave ever released drawings. He always gave his patterns away to students and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that he ever released drawings. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that you know this is like a twofer. You get uh, um, you know any refinements that that um, Curtis, Curtis made. Yeah starting from a Dave Sawyer plan. So it's kind of hard to go wrong there. Exactly. So, um, so these are absolutely great. Of course, you know, they're, they're the full deal that you get with Curtis's plans as far as, uh, getting the contour map and, you know, a template page that's on four mil mylar, the whole nine yards. And so, um, you know, these come, you don't have to get these printed. These come ready to go shipped in a tube, of course, and, uh, they're 60 bucks. So, and go to, you know, uh, Curtis Buchanan chairmaker.com for more information on those. Okay, so next up we have a scriber from Tule Park and they're out of England and it's this in- interesting scriber. And I first saw it um, from the uh, Windsor workshop, uh, James Marcel's operation there, and he posted about it on Instagram. And uh, this is just an interesting scriber of. You know, I don't know how long they've been making it. It's new to me, but um, it looks perfect for marking, uh, for, you know, leveling out chair legs and stuff like that, where you got to mark the bottom. And I also saw today where they were using it against a seat blank to actually mark out the um, spindle deck. So the spindle deck's like two inches from the edge. You can use a scriber and kind of a vertical orientation to mark that out now the scriber wasn't made for chair making it was made for cabinet making and you know doing built-ins but um it's pretty unique i kind of like it yeah it looks i mean it, it's it has the function of a, effectively a compass yeah but what's riding on the edge is in a little aluminum thing so it has a wider wider purchase to slide on and you tilt the pencil and touch it to the surface and you're set at that you know you you tighten down what you need to tighten down and it's 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 really kind of cool it's like a more positive thing and they they show it in use going around a seat blank which Mm -hmm. is like it has to be perfect for that i mean i always i've scribed very little in my life um (laughs) um, but most most recently i was doing a a bathroom floor around a a cast iron tub um and and i had to scribe that and you know i took a, a 
pair, you know, a pair of, well, a, a compass, frankly, mm-hmm. and just ran it against it with a narrow margin. And, and I got my distance, you know, did the calculation to make sure that's the offset and it fits with the rest of the stuff. And, and, uh, it worked out, but like that, um, that design for, I mean, specifically in the reference to chair making, that looks really nice, a little more yeah. positive than, than just a single thin point contact that, you know, you, if you swivel it, you're obviously drawing an arc, not a, not a followed line. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it would be perfect for, like I said, uh, leveling chair legs, marking marking that out, having looks like a large reference surface, and um, you know the one I use, um, you know, has a couple of different hinge points because it's a, again made to scribe, not for chairs or anything like that. And yeah, it works fine, um, but this seems to be a little bit more nicer, should I say, <laughs> so to speak. So um, if you're interested in this, go to uh, tulipark.com. That's T-O-O-L-E-Y park.com and uh, check it out. It is coming from England, so you are going to have to pay for the shipping, but uh, it's not too bad. I think it's like um, 20 bucks or so, um, but uh, it's a neat little tool, neat little tool. Yeah, Looks yeah, really and nice. you, yeah, and uh, like I said, if you want to. Uh, check out more about that. Um, you know, see it kind of in action from a chairmaker's perspective. Check out Windsor Workshop, and uh, he's got a couple of uh, little short little videos showing it in action. Really cool. Yeah, no, it's not bad, not bad. So um, next up, um, have any of y'all seen the Wood Whispers Miter Gauge review? Um, I I paused at his. Um, Western attire. In the <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, is that what he wears in all his videos now? Or? Yes, no. yes, yes, yes. It's because it was a quote unquote shootout. I get it. You know, yeah. um, I, I actually, I watched more of his Instagram stories talking about a few things, um, but it was, uh, I, I, so I'll stop. I, I have not seen it. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a commitment. I think it's at least 30 minutes long or so. Um, but he goes through all the nitty gritties of a bunch of miter gauges. And, uh, what was great is the one that I bought years ago seemed to came up, come up on top. And that's the Incra 1000 SE, which mm-hmm. I bought so long ago, but you know, as far as, you know, value for your money, but uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty in-depth video on all types of miter gauges for the table saw, or I guess you could use them on the router table, etc. But um, you know, it is really neat. Now there was some controversy here. Uh, there were a couple <laughs> that did not quite make the grade, and one of them was the most expensive one, which is the Harvey wow. Compass MG36. Mm. So there was a little uh, kerfuffle there in the uh, YouTube world. Um, uh, is it James, um, Hamilton that's, uh, Stumpy Nubs, you know, he's sponsored mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Harvey and he's oh. had one of these gauges and used it and highly recommends them. And, uh, so he was like, well, um, what was going on here? So, um, he actually ordered a new one from Harvey and it seemed to, um, not have the issues that Mark's did. Okay. Yeah. And uh, when Mark, you know, Mark had his issues, he actually reached out to the company, but the company kind of told him to pound sand. <laughs> Not good customer service. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, and I'm sure, I'm sure James had a lot of comments since he's sponsored by Harvey about that, and uh, so he had to put out a little video. It's it's an interesting video to see it from his perspective. He was a little, I don't know, 
defensive or perturbed. I couldn't quite uh, get it, but it was kind of an interesting little video. But I imagine he got lit up in the in uh, comments or uh, emails to him. So he might have been a little bit perturbed on mm-hmm. something. But like I said, he ordered a brand new one and he showed it. And, yeah, it did not have the same issues that Mark Mark had. And I think Mark was pretty um, in the video. Mark was very hesitant to not recommend some uh, this one and another one. And, you know, he goes, hey, I reached out to the manufacturer. I don't want to, you know, trash anybody's name. Anyone could get a bad one. You know, those kind mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. But. Um, so, so, you know, and it might be just, you know, that Harvey had a bad batch that came through and that might've been the ones that yeah. Mark got and he admitted so much, but I think it's on the customer service side that they really failed in not addressing his concern. Yeah, it's a thing, you know, yeah. miter gauges don't come with a little, you know, piece of paper in the pocket that says inspected by number 42 yeah. you know, or whatever, well, you know, there could be. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the. The, the miter gauge, you know, this Harvey one is like 360 bucks. Mm-hmm. Now you can get it on sale. It goes on sale all the time, but it's still going to be a $300 miter gauge, which is, you know, the top of the heap, I think, as far as pricing goes. I don't right. know if there's much yes. uh, above yeah. that. So, yeah, and, so and you want a little bit better customer service than, than what he got. Yeah. If you're if you're getting that, if you're upgrading that, you know, for, you know, for the purpose of accuracy, which is probably why you're upgrading it. You want mm-hmm. something that's a little more positive. Um, that it's you probably want that to be out of the box perfect. Yeah. And and if it's not, it's not. You know, and if that's three hundred dollars and the Incra is hundred forty and there's a zillion people that have the Incra and are super happy with it and there's a hundred people with the Harvey and they're happy with it. I mean, I don't know where you're where you go. Yeah. So is it money or is it is it top of the line or what's the deciding factor? Exactly. So, yeah. So anyway, but if you're if you're in the market for a miter gauge, um, I think it's a pretty good video. And uh, just to go through all the different options he had and he bought all these these himself. So I think he spent like two thousand dollars on miter gauges or something like that. So, yeah, just if you live in Colorado, they'll be on Facebook Marketplace. Well, yeah, (laughs) he actually said that he actually said that he'll be be selling those locally around. But uh, there's a couple he's not going to sell. He may gift those to somebody. (laughs) Wow. Use them. Yes. He'll he'll get his money back on the uh, the affiliate links. Oh, yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. And they they all have that that Mark stink on them. They're like, oh, this was used by the Wood Whisperer. It's got extra (laughs) extra value. Really? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> Not if it's that last one. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so maybe he could sell it to uh, Stumpy Nubs. Yep. Stumpy Nubs oh, can get it. There you go. Yes. But you make it work. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, and I, I can get on my my soapbox, and this is why you shouldn't take money. Exactly. You don't have to defend their tools. You can just say the one I got works great. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of what where Mark was coming from. I mean, I mean, yeah. you 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 have to know if you ever put in a strong opinion out that you're going to have people that are against that opinion, and that's fine. You know, YouTube yeah. is known for that fact. Um, oh, and social media in general is known for that. But yeah, I mean, if you know, if you are sponsored by someone, you know, who someone else says sucks, you know, you know, that's that's up to you to deal with. You don't have yeah. to. You don't have uh, to go. Yeah, I think you just let it go. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, yeah, well, like, I'm pretty sure Stumpy Nubs or James, should I say, I'm sure he just got lit up. 
you know, mm-hmm. as far as uh, comments and, you know, things on Instagram or, you know, comments on his videos. I didn't really go down there and look because I didn't want to. Um, yeah, that's a but, soap opera I don't need to you participate know what? in. But, let, me, let me put forth a conspiracy theory. This is okay. this is a, a planned beef. Wood Whisperer, Stumpy Nubs, drive, <laughs> worship, and interaction. This is the oldest oldest story in the book. Just trying to froth up the base. Oh, wow. okay. So politics, like has, politics has gotten into woodworking uh, content now. Wow. It's brilliant. I wish it's I thought brilliant. of that. We need to have a fight on air. I think Your tinfoil hat is showing, Mark. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I would almost... I, I know it's so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would almost agree with you, except that uh, Mark had said diddly about it <laughs> and that yeah he's moved on he's already bought a bunch and, of other and that james and that uh james uh, hamilton's video talking about it when he talked about the review he keeps seeing this other guy this other woodworker this you know you know he he did say mark in the comments but you know in the video he didn't you know come out and say hey the wood yeah. whisperer did this you know I, i'm i'm pretty sure gauging from uh james's attitude that he just probably just got lit up in the comments and had to put something out <laughs> just, just had to pen to it. Yeah, yeah yeah i gotta put something out and then i can say i'm done with it and refer everyone back to that video that kind of thing but <laughs> anyway well let's move it's on tough. so it's tough being an internet woodworker so do we have a patreon shout out yeah we do as soon as i don't have stuff falling on me oh is that <laughs> you yeah that was me did you <laughs> knock over right. some more rockets I was trying to pick them up. I was passing oh. time. Anyway, okay. Patreon Sorry we interrupted shout out. you, Sean. No, no, no. My gosh. I mean, I can, I, I can multitask. No, we we do have a Patreon shout out, and we uh, we always do. We want to give a big thank, a big shout out to, and thanks to our Patreon supporters today. We're talking about Sean Nichols. Thank you, Sean. I don't like the way you spell your name, but I like your support. <laughs> thank you for supporting us on on patreon and if you dear listener would like to support us go to mwa podcast or sorry go to patreon.com slash mwa podcast and support us there fantastic thanks sean well let's thanks, move sean. on you're welcome yeah. i mean <laughs> the other sean the one who spells his sean. name the right uh, way uh-huh. it's actually you know giving us some money you know just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's move on to what's in the shop. So Mark, what have you been working on? Uh, I am uh, making videos on um, preparing a end cap to be installed. On. Mm. So I'm doing that. Condor tails and all. Condor tails and all. Yep. All right. And oh so really? Wow. Working on, yeah, working on that for a student who's going through the bench class, the remote mm. class right now, and and editing short videos for the uh, the founders feed joint efforts. So um, mostly. Uh, lots of talking to myself mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and then sitting in front of the computer editing. It's uh, joys, tons of fun. Cool, cool. How about you, Sean? Uh, not much in the ways of making anything because we got a good sizable snowstorm in the last week. And so wow. it's been a whole lot of snow clearing and uh, running in crappy weather. That's, that's what we got I've been some doing. of that. Not the running, but the snow. Yeah. So it was. And I know it was a it was a storm. And I know Texas got cold, and it, it stretched from New England to to yeah yeah Mexican got down border, to basically. got down to 29 degrees here. Yeah, and overnight. the weird thing is, yeah. like this the system when it got to us, it rained mm-hmm. longer than they said. It was one of these storms. Okay, now we're the weather podcast briefly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you want to just stop now? Just <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It snowed a lot, and there was weather. 
there, uh, yeah. and there was ice on top of <laughs> they, it when it all they froze. They canceled yeah. school, and it rained until one o'clock in the afternoon. So there you go, above freezing. Yeah, oh. we, it, the, it did the same thing for us. It rained, and it didn't start snowing when they thought it would. Right. Uh, and, but it was good because we didn't get we didn't get the uh, supposed to get a bunch of ice and dry, yeah. And, yeah. and then eight or nine inches of snow, which is a ton. Of snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we got about a foot, which is it's not a ton. It's more than sometimes, but um. It's enough that you're going out and it did it. It was like a solid day and a half of of frozen precipitation. And, uh, you know, so it was while I was working at home, you know, the kids went out in the afternoon. My wife and I went out in the evening. The next day, the same thing. It was like four or five rounds of clearing the snow to keep it clear because it just kept on. Get that. Could you try again? <laughs> Alexa. I was trying to figure out what this button was, and uh, oh, I'm well. not sure I understand. We're joined by Alexa. <laughs> oh, that is I'm cool. trying to see how much battery I have on this computer, and uh, I pushed that's the cor- oh, that's button. the Cortano. Uh, oh, button. yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's what that is. Oh, man, Cortana. oh. Don't worry, don't worry about it. That's fantastic. I'll have to make a uh, uh, a decision on whether to edit that out or leave it in. It's pretty. Oh, funny. that's a good one. That's I a like good it. one. <laughs> a, a sign I'm to sure stop I talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No. Cortana saying, "Shut up and move on." <laughs> this is a woodworking podcast. I'm not sure I understand this. <laughs> well, so with that, Kyle, what are you working on? <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I guess the big thing I'm working on is the uh, launch of a new tool company. Um, As you know, um, I've been selling uh, jigs for uh, chair makers and uh, uh, custom ground bits. Uh, They're done by my buddy Patrick uh, Brenham, uh, Tecton Guild there on Instagram. So we decided to combine forces and actually launch a company together. And it's basically... At the start, going to be the same thing, but we're going to we are going to add products and whatnot. But the name of the company is going to be BB Custom Tools. So hopefully by the time this is posted, um, it will launch and uh, I'm sure you will see all kinds of videos and uh, posts about uh, BB Custom Tools. But um, we got the website up um, and uh, we we've actually made a sale through the website. So it's kind of a soft launch and kind of redirected some of my um i guess my urls to go through bb custom tools so i've actually got a couple of orders through there so that's great and so anyway i'm excited about it and it should be great we should have i don't know at least at launch i'm gonna we'll be launching the newest version of my seat drilling guide the mark ii version and uh, we'll have a bunch of videos and There'll also be some accessories we'll be launching shortly thereafter. So is that Mark II spelled with a C or a K? Uh, with a K, M K. Oh, you named it after me. Two. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Mark. Yeah. A ball cap, a T-shirt. Yeah, we're gonna have. Uh, we got logos. We did the whole logo thing, and we will actually actually have stickers. And uh, we're looking into doing some T-shirts and stuff like that too. Sticker. Wow. I wonder how much I'd have to contribute to get one of those. You know, <laughs> you know, Rex, you know, I'm going to over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, yes. If you get our sticker level, not only will you get a MWA sticker, you'll also get a BB Custom Tools sticker. There you go. There. Um, maybe I need For to the... ship a whole bunch of Plate 11 stickers to you, Kyle, so you can drop those on the sticker level. Exactly, there. exactly. We could do that too. Sean, you need to come up with some stickers. <laughs> a logo for the crap that I don't make. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> you do like something Look, with rockets and lacrosse. Yeah, it could have and... like a NASA oh, type. Yeah. How about a big rocket coming out of like Cincinnati or something like that? (laughs) Hey, by the way, are you a Bengals fan? Eh, I mean, I don't, I don't really care too much about the NFL. I like watching some of it. Um, getting more into it recently, but that's gonna be a hell of a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And by the time the show comes out, it will happen. I hope, you know, like, (laughs) can we record two versions to say, "Way to go, Team X." And say, you know, like, no, but yeah, it, by it, the time this posts, uh, the yeah, it will have yeah. been played. So, yeah. so we respect both fan bases, but we uh, do, you know, we do. I hope I will, for a good I'll, competition, uh, and uh, an even, even game and a tight battle. Yes, yes, but I will be rooting for the Bengals. So, you know, yeah, let's do it for who day, who day, who day, whatever. I was really hoping for a Rams uh, Chiefs game because I grew up with the Rams and the Chiefs live nearby, so yeah. play nearby, so it would have been it would have been fun to root for both teams because because I really I don't mean, care who wins. More anyways. more people were pulling for San Francisco and the Chiefs, weren't they? I mean, these are the two not supposed to have won the previous game kind of situation. I don't know. I yeah, I think that I think the Bengals are you know just such a perennial underdog that people tend to root for them, and I True. think. That's gone a that's gone I a long way. I am to root for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. But then Matthew Stafford had a terrible long. terrible career in Detroit, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden is in the Super Bowl the, the year after he leaves. Yeah. He, well, he had he had a great career just with a really bad team. With so. a mediocre team, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I it's think the same thing with that guys from the, that guy from the Browns. Um, yeah. I think Detroit's one of the few teams that's never even been in a Super Bowl, let alone won one. So, yeah. Oh, possible. Uh, yeah. Distinctly possible. But, uh, Rex, I live closer to Detroit than Cincinnati, so uh, my my alliances tend to lead northward. But go Bengals. Let's go. So how far are you away from Toledo? <laughs> oh, I, I I literally grew up in Toledo. I'm just in Sylvania, okay. so just outside, that's, just outside. That's where my wife's from. Oh, no, no way. Yeah, her dad taught at uh, University of Toledo for years, and um, yeah, no, I went I went to UT for two years, but uh, went to other colleges and, and and moved on. But um, really, uh, you you were you were down here at UT? No, no, lots of UTs around. <laughs> Different UT, <laughs> Texas, Toledo. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Hey, there's only one UT. That's, oh, that is the that. UT. The UT. Oh God, that had something yeah. to do with hook 'em horns, right, Kyle? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. If I lived anywhere near you, hook 'em horns is a fun thing to say. It's a fun, fun thing to you know emblematically you know present. But uh, no, yeah. uh, the University of Toledo are the Toledo Rockets. There you go. Or, oh, or, or Kyle. Well, <laughs> that makes kids, sense. It's all come full kids, circle. <laughs> Where Kyle lives, kids learn to do the hook 'em horns with their hand before they learn how to speak. I bet. Exactly, exactly. Unless you know they're in an Aggie ha- household, they mm-hmm. have a little hand signal too, but not like the hook 'em horns. I think all, a lot of colleges did, but I know all the Southwestern conferences back in the day when it was the Southwestern conference, all of them had their little hand signals or whatever. So, yeah, the horn frogs. Yeah, signal. the horn frogs. TCU. Yeah. TCU. Yeah, horn frogs. That, that was a little the, embarrassing. The Red Raiders. 
Texas mm-hmm. Tech, right? Yeah. 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 You had, yeah, they were all Texas based except for Arkansas in the hmm. Southwest Conference, I believe. I could be wrong about that. It's been it's been a few years since I was around. What? When that break up? Mid nineties, something like that. Yeah. And it's all different now. It's all changed yeah. since. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, I'm launching a BB Custom Tools. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, Kyle. Best it's completely off the rails tonight. Yeah, exactly. So um, go out there to uh, bbcustomtools.com and you can check out our website. And of course, we'll be on Instagram at BB Custom Tools, and well, we'll have a YouTube channel at BB Custom Tools. And maybe I should say BB Custom Tools one more time before I ask Rex what's he working on in his shop. I am. Uh, I want to say congratulations on the new business and best. Well, thank you. Wish you all the best. And in my shop, I'm working on um, in North Bennett Street School at about halfway through near the end of the semester. Our semester just ended two weeks ago. You you um, are assigned a specification for a shaker nightstand, and um, it it's gives you all the dimensions and you have to sit and draw it anyway, but the dimensions mm-hmm. are given to you and the finish is going to be a, a, a shellac finish. You have some options on wood. It can be any, nothing figured. They want you to be able to understand what a spec's like, and they want you to understand what it's like to build to a spec. And so you, the tolerances are pretty tight. And um, I was just about done with it. And it was, I had a couple of little things to do like, uh, Cut the slot and a knob so I can put it in the door and then put a wedge into the, into the knob. I, I turn the knob on a lathe and um, uh, clean up before finish and then put on my, my shellac finish. And uh, I got a cough. And the school's really careful about the, the, the COVID-19 mm-hmm. um, safety protocols. And so until my cough was gone, I couldn't come back. And so I missed two weeks of school and two weeks mm-hmm. in North Bennett. And that's a lot of... That's a lot of school, and it happened to be it, it. It just happened to be at the right time that it could work out. Because if it's like within the first two months, you know, then you're you're really behind. Well, it was mm-hmm. in December, and it happened when I think I missed one lecture, and that was the lecture on how to apply shellac. Oh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh, man, rocking a hard place. Nobody wants bit. to hear that lecture. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know. So some people, when I got back, they were still struggling with their shellac finishes and they were stripping it all off because they'd put too much on it, it you know, run too much and drip. Yeah. So right now I'm, I'm finishing that up. I uh, also am in the process of um, finishing well, my split well, leg. Well, let, me, let me stop you there. You know, you just posted about that a day or two ago and that's an absolutely gorgeous table. Uh, that that's my splayed leg table. That's actually my second table. Oh, first table oh, I have. That a one's got yet. figured wood. Yeah, that one's got that's that one's all figured wood. And that one I got to this. That was the next one. Oh is, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I just thought you just did a different take on the uh, on the shaker table. Yeah. I see the shaker table that you did did here. That's more. Yeah. It's your traditional shaker table. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. It's got a little drawer in it. And so the splayed mm-hmm. leg I got to design and. Um, I mean, you get it's the only the only requirement for that project is it has to have uh, aprons and a leg, okay, mm-hmm. and, and 
I mean, you can make a stepping stool if you want, but it has to have aprons and a leg. And the whole process is you learn how to make this setup block without doing any mathematics. You take it right off your your full-size drawing. You take the angle off with a bevel gauge, and you go set the table saw up, and you cut this block, and you use the block for everything to set it up so that you cut the right angles. So, And then it just turns out that Jamie Pope, our first-semester instructor, had this document that one of his students was uh, like, you know, a rocket scientist or something like that in the three-month intensive course. And he says, here's the mathematics on how to determine what that angle is. And Jamie had two pages of that. And the first words out of Jamie's mouth was, that's fine, but how do I set the table saw up to cut this now? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, what did, I go, what'd your student say? He goes, he just shrugged his shoulders, went back to his bench. <laughs> so you, you use this setup block and it makes it pretty, pretty straightforward. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I was thinking around and I looked at a bunch and there was a, a student who's one, two semesters ahead of me. And he had this beautiful, beautiful table made out of tiger maple. It has an oval top and he did cabriole legs and then he did a serpentine aprons. And um, we'll get more into this later, but I, I, so I wanted something more simple. My wife wanted a plant stand. So I did a 30 inch tall splayed leg table. And so that's the one that you see posted online. So I'm working that one, that one, I, I just, uh, took it out of the finished room. I'm going to do a little bit of steel wool work on that oil finish that is, was only to pop the grain. And now I'm going to mm-hmm. use some epithane, um, indoor they make a lot of ship finishes you know right and i'm going to use an indoor finish it's a it's a rubbed like varnish and i'm going to put two coats of that on and then that will that will pretty much wrap that up and then we'll go to we luckily lance patterson one of the instructors there he's i mean they're all wonderful He's been taking all the stu- pictures, professional shots of all the students' work since 1985. And so they're all in binders there, and you can go through them and look at everybody's work. And um, he'll take pictures of it, and then I'll bring it home, and my wife will stick a plan on it, and we hope we don't spill too much water on top of it, I guess. <laughs> so. well, well, I was going to ask you, so are you going for the epithane just for that? Because I think their finishes tend to be a little bit more water-resistant, a little bit softer, not quite as... Yeah, they make, a lot of, they make some really good soft... It's they yeah. they make a lot of good spar varnish that boat builders yeah. use and um, the reason I picked that is when you come to North Bennett you you can pursue two tracks and they're kind of when I say that it's not like it's written in stone and you know like if you look at your employee manual it says you can go to the you know the technical track or you can go to the management track it's not like that it's it's you have some options and it's not it's not hard you can change which way you want and so. What what the what the tracks are is this is I can come in there and say hey okay you have certain things I have you're going to make okay I'm gonna I make a little I make a little in the machine room when we're learning how to sh- learn machine safety and how to cut things and use the machines in North Bennett Street way which are really super safe and pretty cool um, mm-hmm. I mean we all learn new techniques it's kind of neat. And um, you make and, and we were taught by Ellen Caspern, who fine woodworking goes to her and has her review all kinds of equipment and stuff like that. So, you know, she was a guest lecturer for that week and it was awesome. And um, she's a great instructor. She's been doing it for a long time and she knows the guts and the, the peak, you know, the, the workings of the machines. And so we made a candle box and it's doesn't have dovetails. It's just got, 
you know, rabbit joints. So we made that. You chisel out a box for a, for a stone to improve your chisel steel skills for a sharpening stone to improve your mm -hmm. chisel skills you want your bottom tight and your lid to be tight but you want your lid to be able to come off and that's pretty cool and you do a lot of practice joinery okay and you're all getting ready and then you do your shaker nightstand that's the first thing so there's certain things you have to do and then once your shaker nightstand's done in the past they would go on and they would do um the north bennett street toolbox and if you yeah, go to I was find about to say they always do a toolbox type thing but yeah and, and changed, I was just huh? reading well it changed a little bit and what they mm -hmm. did so it's really cool so North Bennett was opened in 1881 it's it's America's oldest trade school okay so you think well the curriculum's kind of set in stone well sort of okay there's some things that you can tell it's well practiced and they're not married to, okay, we're going to teach you this way. You have to do it this way. That's not exactly how it works. It's we're going to teach you the North Bennett Street way. You have your options to do it. We just know that this works. But if you want to sharpen a different way, sharpen a different way. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're used to sharpen it, but, you know, you, you're going to hopefully you're going to get the same quality. If not, you may want to consider what, what we teach you. And so when you so and as far as furniture comes in you can say okay i'm going to do the standard requirements get all those get the get the shaker nightstand done get the toolbox done and then there used to be and there still is a requirement you have to do a case piece you have to do a chair and the chairs either a queen anne type chair or there's two modern chairs you can do one of those two but you can do some variances on them and say if you do the queen anne you can say how you're going to carve them like there's one that was there's one there's a couple of chairs that have been going around and I'm, I'm trying to remember the people's names and i'm just i can't remember them right now but they're former they're students and their chairs have won lots of awards and one had a harp on the back of it the other one had um some carved finials on it that look very oriental kind of like you know dragon's claws and stuff like that and um there's some options you can change but the chair has to have certain elements to it all right so you do the chair you do you do the case piece and you would have to do a table well they found out that the way north bennett teaches is they use the sloyd method of teaching so they teach you they mm -hmm. teach a technique so They'll teach you how they give you a they you know you, they give you a block of poplar and they says okay we want you to I want we want you to chisel a bevel on one side and we want you to use what's called the five seven rule and we want to choose want you to cut use your chisel to cut a completely perfect circle on the other side um, so you have this chisel block and um, you pre and then they want you to to bevel that that block halfway in and then it turns into a chamfer and then you chamfer or a bevel and then you chamfer across the front of you know the end grain and then you your chamfer goes back and it comes back out as a bevel or it comes back out as a, a tapered in bevel okay so um you once you get those those skills done you um they put the, the, the they took and says we're going to put this displayed leg table in as a required one for your table requirement in first semester and so you do that and you get one of your requirements done. And so the, the beauty of this is, is I'll have my shaker nightstand done. I'll have my splay leg table done. And I'll have my, my North Bennett Street School toolbox done second semester. So then third semester, when I go back in the fall, I'll have a chair requirement to do. And then the rest, I get to choose what I want to do. And so mm -hmm. this is where the change in curriculum can come in is I get to say, I want to make this piece. And they'll they'll say, Rex, your skills are good enough. Go ahead and do it. 
draft it up, propose on it, and I have to do a proposal for each piece. It says this is, you know, this is the drawing, this is the components, this is what we're looking at. And I can do a sketch. It doesn't have to, I don't have to spend four hours, you know, 40 hours drawing it up. I can just give them a sketch and say this is on. Mm-hmm. If they think, my, and, and if, if the four instructors think my skills are such, I can go on and do that. And they'll help me with the new techniques that I may need to do. So if there's oh, some cool. inlay or if there's something. The other thing is you can say, you know what? Here's the techniques I want to I want to learn before I leave here. And I've talked to several graduates. You know, um, Aspen Golan is the one that really turned me on this. But I've talked to several, like um, Meredith Hart, um, her husband, um, several, and 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 they've told me, look, here's what we that I wish I would have done. Go in there and just try and learn techniques. Don't worry about making your masterpiece because you're going to have mistakes in it. None of them are going to be masterpieces anyway. So don't worry about it. Just learn techniques. Mm-hmm. And so if you go in then talk to the faculty or the faculty and say, I want to learn how to do um, bent laminations or I want to I want to do steam bending or something like that. They'll steer you to a piece that will give you as many of the techniques you won't, you know, you're not going to learn all of them. But as many techniques as you want, as you can, they'll steer you to a piece and say, OK, here's three things that you've learned before. So we're doing some review of something I've done, which is part of Sloyd. And here's the new techniques, because every time you do something that you want to review that over and over and over again, so you become a master of it. And so I'm kind of pursuing that technique, that that process, because that's what Aspen did pretty religiously. She was really good at it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I can go in and you can I can go in and. They, the, the faculty is really good about saying, Rex, this will probably take you four weeks with your skill level. Or they'll say, like, in the past, they'd had students that spent like a year on their toolbox and they were getting ready to graduate. And all they'd made is this this exotic toolbox that had carved doors and, you know, elaborate feet on it. And sometimes they were big. Now uh-huh. the is you have some pretty, there's some specifications, maximum size, number of drawers, and wood types that you have options from, but they've tailored it down to where this is what it's going to be. And then you have some, some tolerances you can work within. So um, that's, I'm going to pursue the one that teaches the most skills. I talked to Jeremy Trichler, who's um, at uh, the Hayes cabinet shop down in Colonial Williamsburg. That's Mm -hmm. he, he built 17 pieces while he was here. And he just says, try to get as many techniques and learn to build furniture learn the process and then when you leave that will always be with you and that will help you further on cool yeah yeah that is fantastic well um i think you've told us a lot about your first semester in curriculum but i want to back up just a little bit and tell us about why you decided to go to north bennett street school and you know what went into that decision process um Boy, if there's anything I'm pretty good at is studying things to death. And uh, <laughs> but because you, you've been on obvious much for boy, years I'm good and at studying stuff. That's that was that's one of the reasons why I'm not working on my toolbox right now. All my other classmates are working on the toolbox, but I just says, wait, I got to finish some stuff before I move on. And <laughs> and that's why the splay leg table was first. Is the lecture the instruction for the splay leg table was going on, and I go, I'm not going to work on my my shaker nightstand i'm going to stay up with the lecture and get this this one done and i'll go back to that when everybody else is working on their their toolbox but the reason yeah. i went to north bennett it, it was kind of a process that was interesting as is, is i knew i was going to retire from the engineering field and i i you know i could have gone 
I didn't consider Europe very hard. I thought about it for maybe five minutes, you know, and I kind of looked at some schools, but I said, nah, it's just not going to, I don't want to be that far away from mm-hmm. my grand, my grandkids and my parents at the time and, and family. And I, and I, I didn't really want to do that, but you know, there's some good schools in Europe. So I started looking at, um, just within the lower 48 in the United States. And where I live in, in Idaho, we know the Krevnov school probably better than anything else. There's nothing right. really, you know, if you really want to study woodworking, there's a little bit taught at one of the universities. Um, Chris Gochner's program down at, uh, I think it's Salt Lake Community College is is probably the one of the better things you can do, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blessed with the woodcraft in Boise. He brings in a lot of guest teachers. I mean, some very famous turners have been there. Um, Jimmy Choo's, um, uh, I think Al Lancer's been there. Mm-hmm. And so you take those, and it's really good about their classes and expanding their classes, okay? And, and uh, I'd also taken some classes at Mark Adams, which the truth is it's a great school. And it's, 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 I, as I was leaving, I told Mark, I go, this is just purely a gift of love. You drive right past his house to get to the school. Mm-hmm. And it's a very um, modest home. It's, you know, a three bedroom ranch like I grew up in. And um, it's just you just know everything. And he, he, he doesn't take donations on equipment that I know of. It's all bought. And so the money, everything they make goes right back into the school. So it's, it's a and, this, and they bring in, you know, expert teachers to teach and it's, it's pretty cool. Okay. The problem that, that I had was, um, I had all these bits and pieces, but none of them kind of were fit together. Does that make sense? Cause I'd taken all these, I'd taken There's all no these many classes I could fit in. There was no, there was no, let's, let's start here and end up here all together continuous that, that fed, that fed the whole thing. And so I was kind of, in truth, my my woodworking was Frankenstein's monster. Does that make sense? <laughs> that, that makes it. Yeah, yeah. You're extremely skilled at this one operation, but this other operation is like, uh, I, you know, I'm still at a basic level doing so, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like you haven't brought everything together. So I wanted something with more of a proven curriculum, okay? And so as I'm pondering this, I'm looking at the School of the Redwoods. I'm looking at Center. Center for Furniture Craftsmanship. I'm looking at Mark Adams' program, which actually has a, a decent curriculum, and um, it, it, it's a pretty neat program, okay? Mm-hmm. But it, it quite wasn't like if you're going to school every day. It, I mean, they have people have gone for like eight weeks in a row and graduated. I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing what they do there, and it, it's truly a cool place. And um, But... I started looking at um, the woodworking school in Charleston. I had talked to one of your Charleston, South Carolina. I, mm-hmm. had, I had talked to um, Austin, right. Austin Waldo in, in right. Texas yeah. at yeah. the Austin yeah. School of Furniture. And their full-time program, it's it's kind of kicking off now, but it wasn't quite ready. And I was going to go before COVID. So, you know, yeah. I didn't know about COVID. And so I was going to go a year ago. And so it wasn't quite ready. Now I think they have their intensive program already up and running now. And so I talked to him a little bit and then um, I really didn't want to go back to like San Diego State has a great program, but I really didn't want to go to the university atmosphere because I didn't want to have to do, you know, there's a lot of stuff they make you do. Okay. And I didn't want to have go back. I I didn't want to take another English class and a biology class. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Pine yeah. Limited is down, and there's some schools that have opened up. You know, like there's some really neat craft schools, but they weren't as robust. And so then I started looking at how long their curriculums were, and, and quite a few of them are nine months. I, I looked really hard at um, Gary Rogowski's online program because mm-hmm. it's extremely economic. It's it's about half the price, okay? And no matter yeah, where you go to school, you, doesn't you know? And I'm not looking to, to be employable because that's I'm gonna I'm gonna start a business and make furniture, okay? So, but really, what you're looking for is the recommendation from your instructors. That piece of paper in the woodworking world, I don't does any you know does it really matter? It's not like you got a university degree and you're trying to get that. Yeah, yeah, it's more about your portfolio and demonstrating what you've done and so forth. Oops, I think we lost lost you for a second there, Rex. Okay, so um, in the end, I wanted a two-year program. Some of them had a one-year program, but if they like you, they'll let you go You know, longer. I wanted a two-year program. I wanted a curriculum that had been around for you know 10 years and had the bugs worked out. And I was in Boston on vacation attending Fine Woodwork. I was attending Fine Woodworking Live where I met you guys in Sturbridge. Mm-hmm. And we came back and stayed in the North End, and it was my day to pick what we're going to do for vacation. I said, would you mind? I asked my wife, I go, would you mind going to North Bennett Street School and, and taking a tour, which I knew was one of the requirements in the application program. And mm-hmm. and she said, no. So I called up, left a message for Rob O'Dwyer and said, I'd like to come take a tour. And Rob called back, says, I have this time tomorrow. And we went and I as I'm walking out, I'm going, this is so cool. So a couple of days later, we're flying back. And just, just cool things happened to us in Boston. I mean, we fell in love with the bot, with Boston. It's been our second time here. And so that's why I went there. And um, my, myself, there were 10 of us that showed up on September 13th. And or there were 12 of us. It's pretty normal to have about a 20% attrition rate. So two people did drive out for health reasons. My understanding, like one one fellow's child got hurt and or something or ill or something, and and uh, and then another person there. I think it was her health that she just wasn't there. It's pretty rigorous. I mean, you use um, North Bennett for some reason has this reputation of being a hand tool school. The truth is, they're a machine school, but we use hand tools to fit things so that we can be, we can get a better fit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we your hand tools are a given. You, you, that's the first thing you work on, and you get pretty. You know, by the time you're building your toolbox, your hand you, you've either been taught for you know many times. That's the other thing is the school teaches to um, the persons like rather than some schools I've been to. Not to knock any any <laughs> national programs or anything. Okay, but. Um, we don't, it's not taught to the slowest person. It's taught to the fastest person. So mm-hmm. the person who's kind of leading the charge is, uh, I'm going to go into your question about uh, students and faculty a little bit, if that's okay. Sure. And um, it's taught to the person who's fastest. This is, this is what's really, really cool. I mean, there's so many things that's really, really cool, but this is one of the things. So the person's first. So everybody gathers, that person who's a little bit ahead of somebody, or a group of people are a little ahead of somebody, the technique that's being taught, such as, uh, oh, I'm gonna pick a, one that I think is really cool and simple. Um, drilling drilling screw holes to hold your tabletop down to the frame and down to the frame, okay? 
Well, we all we all use the blue tape method, right? Mm-hmm. And Kyle has these really cool um, drill bit stops that I keep <laughs> asking him who makes them, and then I forget and I never buy them. It's uh, it's Sean uh, uh, Sean but, Murphy. It's Sean but, Murphy. Uh, winterchairs.com, I think, okay. something like that. Yeah, so we can all go to the big box store and yeah. buy the really crappy ones that never work. They slip exactly. all the time, right? So we can all do that, all right? Well, North Bennett just says, "Here's how we want you to do this," and they take a drill and they take this block of wood. You know, a block of wood. They have, they oh, have yeah. size restrictions on what you can run through machines, but it's it's one you're going to go cut on the bandsaw. So you say, "Okay, I need to drill through three quarter inch." you know, um, block that's going to, you know, a, a, a cleat that, that's I've glued on to my aprons and it's going to hold my tabletop down. So I got three quarters to go into and I want to at least go in three eighths in my tabletop. So now I've got uh, nine eighths I need to go or what is it? Three quarters and three eighths. I'm not really good at math anymore. I was when I was an engineer. No but yeah, 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 yeah. So let's see. Three quarters is six eighths and three. So nine eighths. I got nine eighths I got to go into, right? So an inch and an eighth. So you get a block of wood that may be uh, a little bit. You can go a little more because you got three quarters of tabletop. So you, you get a little block of wood. You drill a hole in it. You go to the table saw or you go to the bandsaw and you cut that little block of wood. So it's, you know, three quarter inch by three quarter inch or half inch by half inch. You put it on your drill bit. You adjust your drill bit. So you're not going to drill through your tabletop and you drill. Well, mm. I, I've done that, and I and then I was doing another project the other day where I was I was drilling holes for some dowel pins in the table that you saw on on my Instagram feed, and um, I was drilling he, and and the instructor said ah, just use blue tape we don't care you just need to go through so deep and you you can do it well when I'm drilling through and I hit that ten and all of a sudden the grain direction changes and that drill bit doesn't want to go through anymore so the blue t- and so you kind of muscle it through right well we all none of us can stop on a dime. When you're muscle through it because you're you know the resistance isn't there so i go suck this sucks my drill holes are all different depths now now my dowels have to be unif you know unique for each one i go screw this i went back got the little wooden block drilled a piece of wood drilled through it made it so all the holes were the right depth and then i could just mm-hmm. knock it the way through to the right depth so i mean so so they teach that one thing first okay but there's other many techniques and many of them are complex too that's just a simple one i picked but then, you know, the person who's a week behind may have forgotten that. So the instructor shows them or shows the group that's ready at that point. And they may teach it. Let's say there's 10 students. They could teach it 10 times. And you know what? I, I have been there for since September 9th. I have heard no, never a disparaging word at this school. It is the most uplifting place I have ever been. It, they don't care if you're pink, blue. Um, <laughs> your social economic preferences, your religion your your gender nothing they don't care they just want to help you they they are the most giving people you you, you ask for a tool that you don't have and either one of your fellow students loans it to you or the instructor goes i got one just a minute so they go and get it it is it is so cool and then and then the, then the people that i'm going to school with there's 40 people the school has 100 and about 138 students it's changed with this new semester change so but roughly 140 and mm-hmm. Um, they have nine programs, and like I, I, I can't wait to tell you this one thing I want to tell you, but there's it's so well connected through the students and the faculty that you know Yo Yo Ma is coming in two weeks to to talk and play at school. Wow! So, wait, and you can all watch that interview. It's if you go to North Bennett Street School's website. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> scroll to the very bottom. There's a program called In the Making. And if you go in there, you can register and it's free. And, and the uh, um, so Yo-Yo Ma is going to be interviewed. And then I'm hoping he plays a little bit, too. And um, it's really cool. So, I mean, uh, so. Well, well that, that is that is fascinating. So you can actually go go to their website and register on the website and get access to some free stuff. Now, it may not be woodworking related, but yeah, it could be something extremely the, cool uh, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason he's coming is is a member of the faculty in the piano tech program. They have a one-year program and a two-year program. Mm-hmm. The two-year, two I mean, they build, they can rebuild your piano for you if it's broken. And, you know, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, they can restore your piano. They, you know, how they learn how to spray paint. We share the spray booth with the piano tech folks. And they have, and the world's having, we have fewer and fewer piano tuners anymore. And so North Bennett's one place where you can learn how to tune piano. So that's why, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a cool place. But let me tell yeah. you about the, you want me to tell you about the faculty a little bit? Sure, sure. Go for it. Okay, so in in the cabinetry and furniture program, so they have nine programs. Cabinetry and furniture is the one I am. Some of my classmates already went through the carpentry program, which was nine months, and they learned a little bit about timber framing. They built cabinets, and so the cab. I found that those students they kind of whiz. They're they're wizards because they've already learned the North Bennett Street glue process and some of the milling processes and some like that. So like the the person that's just leading the charge in our class, she's she and, and a fellow who just sits right next to her and kind of across from me now is uh, they've graduated from the cabinet program. And I have a picture I took today and if and and, and you, you're not going to believe the inlay he's doing in this in his splay leg tabletop. It, it'll I tried to get it posted and I couldn't get it figured out today. So um, it's it's a lion with a crown and a flag. And I kid you not. I'll try and post as soon as we're done. So by the time you air, it's there. This lion has got is got this flag and this crown, but the inlay pattern in the wood for the lion's face, it's a whole body lion. It's it's the face. You couldn't paint features for the lion's face as good as the fig as the grain figure in this inlay piece. It's the mane has got like hair. There's an eye, a nose, you know. It is so (laughs) it is so cool. And um, I mean, so the students I'm going to work with, I I tell you, I, I think like I'm I'm the I'm the weak link, man. They are so good. I, I just um, it's I'm amazed that the talent and the students come from I, I, I kid you not, not know, never held holding a paintbrush in their life to paint a wall of a house or not knowing what um, couldn't tell the difference between walnut and cherry. OK to where they've been like like me making pens for the last 20 years or making mallets on the lathe for the last 20 years or one person one of my classmates made a bar top that's you know one piece of wood and it's long and it's beautiful um another per, several of made cabinets um things like that so you and 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 then if if you look at the students as far as what they did in their former lives you have uh well, I'm not going to tell you who, but let's just <laughs> say an A-list movie star going to school here. What? what? I, I, kid, I kid you not. Okay. In, in woodworking but, but, or in something else? Uh, so I'm, not, I'm not saying anymore. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, okay. Well, if you're talking about that off air. Person, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
to 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 the person that you know like aspen go on said she didn't even know what a hand plane was when she came here so right. you have this this big wide deal you have ceos of insurance companies and big businesses you have um it, it doesn't matter and, it, and it's kind of cool or or like one of the wizards in my class is 19 years old. He knew he wanted to come to North Bennett, was 15, was disappointed when they found out he wouldn't, they wouldn't take him if he dropped out of school to come here. So he waited till he graduated high school, then COVID hit. So he took a gap year and now he's here at 19. And he's a wizard. He, I'll have a picture of his that I'm trying to put into this collage. It's, he's already inlaid a chessboard and then he's a CNC machine to drill a backgammon on top of his coffee table and it's and it's out of white oak it's very beautiful hmm. and um so you have this wide range of people but the one thing is really interesting is it's kind of a humbling experience you come there and they you say well you know this is how i've always done it and they go no try it our way first and then if you like your way go back to it okay and mm-hmm. After about three weeks, you just do it their way because it's so much better and so much more efficient. You just, you just humbles. Everybody's humbled. Okay. I mean, you're just humbled right down. So I pulled my class, all, all 10 of us that are there. And I says, do you think you're a better woodworker now after the last four months compared to when you were before? And they go, all of them, hands down, no question about it. So then I started asking them for tips and techniques and they all come up with a whole bunch and it, I kid you not, it's like drinking water from a fire hose. Now let me tell you about the faculty. There's four of them, Dan Faea, Lance Patterson, Matt Weah, and Jamie Pope, okay? And then uh, I'll tell you the guest lecturers, okay? So Ellen Casper and I already mentioned, Bob Miller from Mass Woodworks comes in. He's a graduate. They're all, a lot of them are graduates, not all. Eli Cleveland taught us um, SketchUp for a week. We We had enough people in our department that got COVID. I wasn't one of them that we all had to, our department took a week off mm-hmm. so that they, everybody could get tested and just make sure that we were, we were you know, we, we weren't causing more risk. And so mm-hmm. we took a week off during that week, Eli Cleveland taught us, um, he's the one that teaches the three month intensive class. He taught us SketchUp that week. Okay, so um, Peter Galbert comes for a week, Aspen Galan comes and teaches, Peter Follinsby was here, uh, Carl Swanson did a, le- a guest lecture, he, um, I think he's out of, I'm pretty sure he's out of New York, and he is one of the country's, what he had to offer was fabulous, he is one of the country's main harp restoration persons, and he has a North Bennett Street person working for him, and his purpose to come here and lecture was he's he would like to retire, and he would like to turn his business over to two or three other North Bennett Street graduates, and you know, client lists and all kinds of stuff, just help them out. And he wanted to train them for a while. So I have one student colleague or classmate who actually went and visited with him and he's he's doing some work in his shop. Carl's in Europe right now. And when he comes back, one student's gonna go visit with him and he's gonna take this on he's gonna he's gonna look look at seriously at doing this. And wow, it was cool. really it was really a cool opportunity. And you know, if Carl can retire, that means they could retire someday too and go on trips to Europe. So it's all, it's pretty cool. And then he also bought, he, he also brought a harpist and it was, so why he's talking, she's playing and it's just beautiful. So, I mean, it's pretty cool what we do, but the four main instructors, Dan is the department chairman. He, he is the youngest person ever to graduate from North Bennett Street's cabinetry and furniture program. He came when he was 17. He had just graduated from high school, knew what he wanted to do. He came. I don't, I don't, 
I, I don't know how he's how old he is. When the first time I saw him, I thought he was I thought he was a student. Okay, <laughs> but uh, he's been there for twenty years or something. And I, yeah. you can go online and what year he graduated and kind of guess. Because I told you, I guess I could calculate it because his graduation year is there. And if you add seventeen and two, you know that, and then that would, and then many years from twenty twenty two, that would tell you how old he is. I could figure it out. Um, Matt has a great video on fine woodworking on how to build the North wet North Bennett street school toolbox. It was supposed to be a three hour video. I think there's 10 segments. It's long. It goes through the whole process. That guy, I was thinking today, I asked one classmate, I go, how many miles do you think Matt runs in a day? That guy knows machinery inside and out. He taught me some stuff on the joiner on how to fix it. We had this we couldn't we couldn't get board square. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Matt comes in and he says, OK, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. And this is a combination of Lance Patterson, who's 79 years old and teaching the school. And that guy will walk by your drawing and say, oh, I think you're off 16th of an inch. You get out your scale and you measure it. And guess what? You're off a 16th of an inch. I kid you not. <laughs> I'm not, not exaggerating. And I'm not the only one that will tell you. He, he is so good. And he's built tons of clocks and instruments that are being played by people in philharmonics. And this this faculty, they have, you know, they won't they won't tell you this. You have to pull these pieces out of them. Like we're talking about Bombay chess in, in what we call a Lance lecture. Every Thursday we have a Lance lecture and he talks about like tomorrow will be about um, folding tables, folding, you know, historical folding tables. Um, two weeks ago it was about timbre, timbre doors. Um, we've talked about um, bending techniques and, it, and he has one of these prepared for every week and you sit there and man, I'm on the edge of the chair, everyone, because I'm going, oh, I want to learn that technique. Oh, I want to learn that technique. Well, when I was talking to Bob Miller from um, Mass Woodworks, he goes, yeah, Rex, I got maybe through half the techniques I had on my list of what I wanted to know. And he says, I only made small, so I could get as many techniques and as many builds in as I could. Um, so the faculty, they are the nicest, most sharing. I was doing something and I, I needed this kind of a small carving tool it was a one millimeter gal it was one millimeter wide fluting tool to carve this little acorn thing i was doing for my oil box like they allowed me to embellish a little bit so i carved on the top of my acorn box mostly because some students were egging me on to carve and you know i i went on the dark side then so i, I carved <laughs> a little bit with a um, millimeter Jeez. Yeah. Well, I, I only needed it for these little teeny details. And Dan walks by and he carves and he goes, you know, I have this tool. If you need this one, let me know. I'll go get it. It's home. I don't have it here. So, I mean, you know, and, and um, a lot of our instructors live in New Hampshire. Lance lives in town. Dan's in New Hampshire. Matt's in New Hampshire. Matt and Peter Galbert share a shop now. I mean, it's a small world, but it's so yeah. it's so kind of cool to be part of it. And um, the the talent, I mean, you know, you so one of the students who was graduating, she, uh, McKenna told me she goes, "Don't worry about screwing up." She goes, "There's nothing you can do that they haven't already seen." So she goes inside. She goes, "I was drilling through it. I was putting my tabletop on. I drilled right through the table." She goes, "Tears in my eyes." I tracked Matt down. Said, "What do I do about this?" And he goes, "Oh, here's how we're going to do this." Um, colleague of mine did the same thing the other day and this is what i was going to tell you about some of the techniques we learned is well you made a mistake okay so let's first 
think about, do we fix it or do we kind of turn it into an embellishment? Can we embellishment? <laughs> someone, someone, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hang some dirty laundry here. So if someone hears this, I might get beat up, but he goes, he, he accidentally drilled through his tabletop and I don't know how he did it, but he drilled through his tabletop. Okay. Just one hole, about eighth of an inch. So he's going to plug that hole, but you know what? No one will ever see it because he's going to inlay a star right on top of it. One of those, um, nautical Northeast mm-hmm. in nautical. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's practice today. And you're going to go, you would have never done this if you didn't drill through your table. I go, this is going to be beautiful. I mean, like off the charts, beautiful. He's got mm-hmm. one where he's flipping color. He's flipping inlay pieces. So it'll be like maple and walnut on, on the top, you know, on the North arrow. But as you come halfway down the arrow, then it'll flop over in the triangle and it'll be walnut and maple on the other side. It's just going to be gorgeous. And I just thought, wow. So, um, yeah, and that's, that, that's that's really important to know because I know, you know, from a chairmaking perspective, there have been times when uh, I remember the first time is actually during a class that I actually drilled something at the wrong angle. And I was just like, ah, the angle was perfect. It just happened to be wrong. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but I was so mad at myself. Um, but uh, then the instructor came over and goes, don't worry, you'll learn more from this than you will anything else because yep. – I'll show you how to plug it and redrill it and no one will ever know, you know, <laughs> and it's yeah, true. It's true you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the first thing is, can we make it into embellishment? Okay. How mm-hmm. can, can we, do we, do we, the other thing is, is let's collaborate a little bit. So like one of the instructors might go, I'm going to go get this guy. Cause I know he's seen this way more than I have. And the other thing is the beauty is, is they all teach the North Bennett street way. Okay. So they'll say, here's this, here's how we do this. Now that I've taught you that, here's something a little bit different I do that the school may not teach. Or, you know, here's and and or even even Matt was coming by and we're working on, you know, we're talking about the designing the toolbox. And he goes, OK, I stand corrected. We're going to do it this way. This is much more smarter. Lance came by and said this would be better for us to do it this way. And he told us this technique to on how to to um, how to inlay one of the dividers between the drawers that's lower down in the case and it, it's, it's got a little more particular about how it has to be done and he says here's how we're going to do it and it just was so much slicker i mean and so um when i made a i made a huge mistake on cutting a tenon one time and um jamie went and got matt and they came back and says here's how i'd fix it and he goes okay this is how I'd, i and matt just goes that's exactly how i would do it so that's what i went and did on the tables on re refixed it all and so um so then you collaborate and if that doesn't work then you know the last resort is redo the thing because they're trying to train us so that if we go into industry we actually will be productive and efficient employees mm-hmm. so that's right. the whole that's the intent you yeah deal with all that it's so much easier to be calm in the face of a big mistake if you have if you already have an idea of how to fix it. No, I will, I will very true. Along those lines, because they've seen so many mistakes made and they've made so many things. In fact, they when summer comes, they go out and in their own shops and they're building stuff for clients. Okay. So it's not like, oh, I, you know, I uh, made something 30 years ago. It's they're they're currently building stuff now. Okay. I mean we were, you know, we use a lot of milk paint's a big deal here. The, 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 the real milk paint or old fashioned milk paint, whatever brand you like, but the, the kind that's more of like working with plaster than it is latex paint. Okay. That's a big deal here. But Dan keeps, keeps hearing about these, you know, this latex like paint, like general finishes, old, old milk paint, which I've mm-hmm. used a lot 
because I'd spent a lot of time at Woodcraft and I really like it. You can actually sand it and build on it. That's that's the big thing you need for Windsor chairs. Can you can you build on it? Can you put another color on it? Is it durable? And so he's he's you know he was painting. He he built a Windsor chair and was painting some projects with it to see how it worked. And he goes, you know, and he says there's other companies that make similar similar paints, not just general now. Before it used to just be general, but he goes, you know, it's a pretty decent project. It's, it may not last as long as milk paint because that stuff dries and just gets harder with time. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it you know, it's not like iron. But, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I mean. Don't let so it sit too long before you decide to buff it. That's for sure. That's right. I mean, so, so, but I mean, so they all, you know, they're, they're, they teach the program. They all support one another. The other thing is they all hang out at lunch together, shut the door so the students can't go in there and bug them because we'd bug them constantly. And, and they all like each other, but they all have their own techniques and, and some ideas that that augment one another too it's really i mean it, i as a businessman you work all the time to try and get a team that get along that like each other and their talents help you know one may like matt's really good at finishing and he keeps telling you and, and you know anybody has finished questions we go to matt okay well matt in his practice he sends his work off to a finisher because he likes making the furniture and let the finisher do the finishing work, but he knows a lot about finishing. And so, um, but they all help each other. I mean, it's really cool. And they're, uh, I, I don't know how they find so many words that to compliment people's work though. I mean, and they help, they just, they're just making circles going around, helping people. And they have this, they have this list. Okay. You're fourth. I'll come to you. You're fourth. I'll come to you fourth. And, uh, it's, it's, they're, they're running their guts out. I, I don't know how they get stuff done at night. Cause you just think they'd be beat by the time they got home. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, um, I would want to ask you, so you've been a hobbyist woodworker for years. In fact, you've been taught some stuff at your local woodcraft and things of that nature. So how, how has your woodworking, um, and your techniques improved or changed in just one semester in North Bennett street school? Okay. So, so here's, here's some, here's some of my, my biggest lessons. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think about, Think about this for a minute, Kyle. If you're going to build a Windsor chair, and I'll just use that for an example. Sure. If you could just, if you could just take each little step, okay. So let's say you're roughing out your seat, okay. If you could just do one little thing, either with your travisher or your scorp, or uh, I don't know if you use uh, an ads, okay. Because mm -hmm. the way I learned to do it. First thing is I, I stood on my chair seat and I was using an ads to chop out the wood. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't think of any less safe to do, but I thought, okay, I'll. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. As long as, long as you don't go it's into your foot, it's, it's it's perfectly a, a, a good technique. But yeah, I've seen other techniques, but uh, yeah, I'll primarily just use a scorp. As, yeah. as a man with an axe mark on the, his big toe of his left foot, I wouldn't suggest <laughs> such an operation. Not that I was using a scorp; it was an axe. But it's not fun. I, so, so if so, just say one of those techniques, just one of them. Yeah. You find a way to shorten your process just a little bit, just a little mm. bit, or you learn how to make it smoother, just a little than you normally did, a little bit. Okay. So then you say, okay, now I'm, I've got that. Now I'm going to start doing my spindles. I'm just going to, I'm going to rough out my spindles, and you're going to say, okay, instead of using 
um, this tool, I'm going to, I'm going to use a break and a fro and, and, uh, you know, somehow you find a way that just splits that wood right down to the spindles, you know, the maximum diameter for your spindle size. Right. So it saves you a bunch of time. Okay. And then you'll go to your spokeship. So you find a little bit better way. If you think about this, if you make an improved step in your plan, in your planning on what you're going to do, you make a, an improved step in your milling. Okay. Just a little, just a little bit and an improved step in, in, in your, in fact, here we, we do what's called rough mill and then final mill. Final mill you don't do until the day you're going to assemble because you don't want you're trying to reduce wood movement and warpage before while you're before when you're trying to assemble. Okay, now if you have a big case like on the toolbox and you're not and you got to cut all those dovetails that hold the toolbox together, you 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 clamp that board you clamp that board down so it can't move. Okay, and then you come back and it's still flat. But so if you find a little so milling um, assembly glue up, you just find one little step that just helps you be a little bit better all along. In the end, with all these little, just teeny steps, you end up with a much more improved product. Does that make sense? Exactly, so, yeah. So now, instead of my joints being a little loosey-goosey, I take my joints and I can put it, I can press with hand only, I can press them together. But when I hold them up and I shake, I, I hold them up, they don't fall apart due to gravity, okay? So my joinery is tighter. It's pretty, it's pretty slick. When you dry fit a piece together and then you can lift it by one leg and it stays together and there's no glue, that's pretty comforting. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I mean, it feels good and I, I can't explain any better than that. I mean, it's, it's like, Hey, touchdown. Okay. It feels good. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, and it, like okay. you said, a press fit together, you didn't have to hammer it together. And then that's always yeah. the bad part is if you have so, to hammer it together to do a dry fit, then you got to hammer it to get it off. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this, so, Aunt, or uh, Aspen, you know, she coined the term wood nerd. I'll tell you how much a wood nerd I am. Today, um, the person in the charge had all their dovetails cut, had dry fit their case, just the four boards for their case for their toolbox. Okay. And it's um, what she told me it was 27th and an eighth long. And so it's probably 16 inches wide and 16 inches mm. tall. Okay. So um, she had all of her dovetails and they were through the do- nope they're they're half blinds okay all mm-hmm. of them are half okay. blinds so she had it already and so when it's something like that you get you just say hey we're gonna have a glue party who wants to come help glue and so everybody's over there with their acetone brush you know and uh, right they're a little bottle of glue and we're just and so um we're just there's and she's the boss and so she says i want glue here here and here okay so, you know, you're putting glue on the long grain and some places on the short grain just because it's easier to do in some places. You don't put it on the short grain because she didn't want it there. So we're all gluing up. We put these clamps on and I watched her joints just slide together, but there was enough resistance. You had to put a clamp on there and turn the clamp, but it just slid in perfectly because her edges were all square. So then we measure for square. She was off a 32nd inch from one corner to another corner. Wow. And and then the instructor says, you're only off a 32nd of an inch. He goes, but we're going to chase it. So you take <laughs> and- <laughs> one demerits. Yeah. So the longest, the long, this, welcome to North Bennett, baby. <laughs> so you take the longest distance and you say, okay, we're going to rotate. You're going to rotate your clamping just a little bit to where everything's aligned so that, you know, clamp edge to the bolt that you're, you know, when you're turning your clamp, that bolt 
Well, so everything's in perfect alignment. And he says, we're just going to do the ones on the long edge. So we adjust it. Nothing changed. Still a 132nd. He says, okay, I'm going to loosen the tighten it because someone may have tightened the clamp a little bit. So he goes through and makes everything all even. In the end, she she put on, and he just did the 32nd inch. In the end, it went away. And she goes, I'm checking. So she gets out her pinch sticks and puts them along there. And, and it was, I mean, like on the money. But it fit together so beautifully because her joints were cut so. And I remember... She, she actually bought a really nice, and she loved it, she bought a really nice dovetail marker from uh, Jonathan Cat Moses. It has a magnet on it to hold your saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that, that was how she was cutting dovetails at first, maybe two months ago, okay? Now it's all freehand because she got comfortable doing it. And when you're cutting, I mean, that case, I mean, I don't know how many dovetails on it. What, 40 maybe? Or, I mean, a lot Something of dovetails. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it took her three days to cut them. And she's, she is one fast woodworker, okay? But it took her three days to cut them and get everything fit together. So, I mean, it was all freehand. I mean, there, she, she, she marked them out with that gauge, but she didn't use it to cut them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and they just fit so nice. And so, when I, so going back to that, I relearned how to mill to much more accuracy. North Bennett philosophy is whether you're using a hand tool or you're using a machine remember i told you machines it's a machine school okay don't get me Mm. wrong and they have really they have machinery that's 40 years old and man there's 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 stuff in there that's so old and runs so lovely there's not a person that if someone was to give it to them they wouldn't have they'd pull a semi up here to get it it is such lovely some of that older stuff it's those all over bandsaws and uh it's some of that general That was made 40 years ago it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and so um but cut so you don't have to this idea of cut close and then pair that's not a north bennett way it's cut to the line so that you can fit it together and be more efficient so mm-hmm. i learned how to mill i learned how to um some of the things i've done that that i really appreciate is um we dust cut a lot to to dimension so i had to make some square pegs that were what i wanted was one quarter inch by one quarter inch okay and they i was i was uh, and i wanted i need i was going to start with a drilled hole of one quarter inch so i took a micrometer measured the the drill bit and it was not one quarter it was uh oh what point instead of point two five it was point two four seven so it was you know three thousandths of an inch off but i didn't want that force split in my wood as i was driving this peg okay and I didn't want to chisel that little distance out. So I had to cut my board or I had to cut my dowel point zero point two four seven thick. Well, how do you do that? So what we do, you go up there and you set it up for a quarter inch. You take your three quarter inch by um, four inch board that's maybe 12 inches long or whatever long, minus two feet long. And you just run it up to the edge of the blade so it just nicks it maybe a quarter inch maybe a half inch and you pull it back and you measure that and you say okay i gotta bump my fence over until finally you get it at zero point four whatever the number was uh, two four zero point two four seven and i got it right there you cut it once you turn that strip over and, and i had a really slim i had a I made an eighth of an inch push stick, so my hand was four inches away from the blade, and I had the blade. I had the blade. I I had the blade at three quarters, so it didn't have mm-hmm. to. Is just as low as I could get it. Okay, so it stuck up maybe yeah. an eighth of an inch, and then I just pushed that through, and I made you know 
24 inches of dowel rod that was exactly yeah exact so learning how to dust cut and then get that dimension and then um my cross cutting uh, um i did a i'm pretty sure i posted this i had a i had a person who had a, a place in a resort town in sun valley it's where a lot of movie stars vacation and um they wanted um so you knew someone wanted, that was a movie star that happened to be in sun valley <laughs> Not, not to uh, go back to anything else that you mentioned earlier, but anyway, go ahead. I, I didn't know this movie star. <laughs> In fact, a side note is uh, you wouldn't recognize him anyway, I've been told, because I've never seen him to my knowledge. So we had a fire drill one day, and I was talking to a, to a guy, and after the fire drill, I go, you know, it would have been nice to see the movie star. He goes, you didn't see him? I go, huh? He goes, Rex, he was only four feet from you. And I go, what? He goes, he was from you rex i go yeah what do i know <laughs> oh so now you know the gen now you know the gender of the movie star okay so anyway okay. in sun valley i made this i made the they had a very special area a very unique location it had some you know pretty tough size constraints and they wanted a a bench that they could sit on and take their boot their ski boots off okay because they're mm-hmm. on the the track you, know, you can just kind of walk over and get on the lift and go ski in there. And so I made this three cubby hole deal with some uh, figure maple on the top of it. And um, I, I was messing around with my table saw and I just couldn't get it to the accuracy I wanted. I was making these mm-hmm. cuts and I, I, you know, I for the cross cutting and stuff, I'd go to the shooting board and clean it up, but I just couldn't get it to the accuracy. And I was using the credit card trick to try and just just a little bit, but I couldn't get within what I needed. I thought, crap, I got to get a new table saw. This was just not cutting it. So I come to North Bennett, and they're, you know, just about everybody knows what a cross cut sled is or a cross cut boat. Right. And uh, but then you got to remember at North at North Bennett, you got 40 people using it, you know, so. What was zero clearance yesterday? You don't got zero clearance anymore because someone right. used the same boat for cutting a forty-five. You know, they they tilted the blade or something. You know, and so um, you don't have the accuracy have. So they use so by using blue tape and putting your board. You know, so you dust cut the edge of your board on your cross cut sled just enough that all you're needing is dust. So you just cut you know a sixteenth of an inch or an eighth of an inch, and then you measure that with whatever square you're using, whether it's Starrett or um, you know. Um, one of the other great squares and you measure it and say, Oh, I'm a little off here. Well, you put blue tape. So it can't your board, you know, 4,000 oh, yeah. of an inch mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever blue tape mm-hmm. is. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, geez, this would have solved my problem. Forget the new table saw. This is going to work. I can get the accuracy I need. And it was so simple. Or you put four strips of blue tape down just enough to, and then you just saw again until you get a yep. dead, I mean, dead on square, and then, you know, they, they teach you how to, so, you know, they teach you how to put the, the square to the board so you can tell that it's really square. Um, they teach you how to, oh, you spend all this time checking your boards with your square. Well, here's how I want you to put it on the fence of the, uh, the joint or you put your board on the fence and then you lower it down. You know, you can, you, you have more control in things. So that's one of the things I've learned is it's all about control. You know, uh, I mean, and people will hear me talk about shavings off of a hand plane. Well, 
there's only one hand plane I know that you really care about the shaving. That's the you know spill plane that makes those long wooden twirls that you can light <laughs> candles with. You know? and, and even though you know, even though they're really cool, there's you know we have long matches now. Not any, not we just we just make those shavings because it's cool. All right, but in your hand plane, I I I look at my shaving to see where it's you know is it coming out of the center of the mouth or is it coming off the side? Do I need to adjust it? And one of my goals before I came here was I really want to get down to about a thousandth of an inch on my shaving. And, and, you know, no one cares. It all goes in the garbage, right? But if I can do a thousandth of an inch and I want to put a tabletop on top of my – in fact, this actually happened today. I had this – my, you know, at North Bennett, we want your table to fit your aprons and your legs in, in your undercarriage. We want, you know – a crack so small that you can't slip a piece of vellum, thin vellum into that crack. Okay. It, it might do the, the, you know, might get into the, the little crack, but you can't slip it in, you know, a quarter of an inch. Well, how do you do that? Well, pretty hard to do that on it. I mean, and I cut this on a table saw is, is, is with, with one person at, in behind the blade and me pushing it through so that there was no, you know, there was no slop in there. And, um, but I took my hand plane I says, okay, I'm going to put my tabletop down. I'm going to see where the paper slips in. I'm going to, I'm going to lift the table up and I'm going to mark it every time I find a place that the paper paper or, or where it does. That's the hard part. I was telling my wife, you, you know, where there's a crack, you're not going to plane that that's your low spot. You're going to plane the part that everything looks right. good. You know, where there's no crack, you got to plane that cause you got to lower that down. All right. Well, takes it you know you know, gird up your loins to be able to play in the part that works right okay <laughs> yeah you all know what that feels like okay and you say yeah, okay, you i don't want to chase it all around till your you know aprons now you know started at two inches yeah. wide now it's at an inch and three quarters yeah <laughs> yeah right that's true okay and so so what i did is i i lifted it up where it was high and then i just kept checking with the paper and everywhere it was high i kind of put a mark and then when i took the tabletop off i go okay here's where i got a plane well, if I'm only getting a thousandth of an inch off my plane, I can, and I know what the thickness is or roughly what it is because, you know, a dollar bill is four thousandths of an inch. And I go, okay, this, this shaving is about two thousandths. And I can say, okay, but I happen to be pretty, I happen to be, I had a good day. I was probably close to a thousandth, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I says, hey, I know I got to go down, you know, a 64th of an inch in this location and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go all the way. That's another thing I've learned is, you know, when you go to chisel, don't try and chisel off the whole bunch or don't, you know, the whole piece, mm-hmm. work to it. And when you're planing, work to it. So I plane it down and I got it so a piece of paper wouldn't fit anyone or under the top. So my accuracy's increased. Um, because of that, my joy of woodworking's increased. I didn't think that could ever happen because I like it so much, but that's increased. Um, and I, I, and you know what? It's it's not me. It's the instruction. It's the teachers. It's my classmates. I mean, North Bennett, North Bennett, and that's why I was trying to build this collage today that I couldn't quite get to work out right. Is North Bennett's found uh, Founders Day was last week, and and what they wanted people to do is post what what cause what what do you get the most inspiration from? And I go, well, right now it's from the instructors and the students. So I went around and took pictures of the, some of the the work the students are doing. I just says, well, here's what's, you know, here's what's happening on February 9th. And I was going to put this collage of different pictures. They, you know, would have had the lion in there. And, uh, mm-hmm. there's this, 
this drawer pull that I had seen somewhere. I think it was a fine woodworking magazine, and it's it's got a carved out semicircle in the drawer front, and then there's this this slat that they 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 chiseled out the corner and put this flat slat in there. And so I have a, a classmate who's a fourth semester student, and that's kind of where he started. But is your and you're drawing that maybe well, but as you're building, you edit things, okay? So now he's got finger tabs in this little slat, and then he left a hollow between behind the slat and the back of the circle. It is, and then the slat, instead of being rectangle, it, it, it faces out the curve about the same diameter as the circle. And this piece he's making, it's a, a, a liquor cabinet, and mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's, to die for. I'm, I keep telling him, I go, when you get this done, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get this into fine woodworking gallery. I go, this is way too cool. And then, uh, you know, I have another colleague, um, her work is, she's building this, I will call it a jewelry chest with these drawers. It, you know, satin, satin wood on the front of the doors. It's all inlaid. It is just stunning. I mean, the work. So that was another reason I went, I went to North Bennett is I'm driving home from work one day and I'm listening to, um, Mike Pekovich and um, it was probably Matt Kinney at the time and mm-hmm. um, Ben Sano talking on their podcast. And Mike just happened to say, he goes, have you seen the work of those students at North Venice Street? He goes, man, I just can't believe what these students are building. That would, that cemented the deal right there. That, that just killed everybody else. I just said, okay, that's, that's where I'm going. Well, well, I hope, hope the same is true here as far as uh, someone listening to this podcast and going, yeah, did you hear that podcast by Rex? I need to go yeah. to North Bennett Street School. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Well, let me, let me address that just a little bit if we still have some time. Um, sure, of course. You know, um, from the faculty to the staff, um, they have a lot of students um, that have jobs here um, from doing custodial work to administering the admin or the, the reception desk to um, being, um, we have a student who's a shop foreman that goes around to make sure s- certain things are done. And if we can't find a, one of the faculty members, we go talk to them and say, hey, we're out of, we're out of um, plywood or the drill press is broken or something like that. All right. The other thing is, um, so going, you know, any, anybody knows going to, going to an, an advanced program is, is rather expensive. It doesn't matter where you go. It's, it's always expensive, right? And um, there's not a student that hasn't, I mean, just about every student gets some kind of financial aid. Believe it or not, even I got some financial aid, okay? I applied for a grant and I won a grant. Cool. So um, just about everybody gets some financial aid. I mean, my grant will pay 20% of my tuition and I have the option to apply for a grant. In fact, next the end of this month, I can reapply for my second semester, for my second next year's tuition. And um, if I don't get it, it still pays for about 20%. If I get another grant and I don't know how much they would give me, it could pay for another 20%. So, I mean, just about every, I mean, North Bennett's pretty proud that about everybody gets some kind of grant or scholarships. We have a lot of veterans that come here at work. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, from people that were I don't met anybody who was an admiral or a general yet, but I have met people that are just under that, and you know that they they commanded many. Okay, yes. and it's it's, but they do try and find ways to help you financial aid. Um, 
believe it or not, there's a sign in every restroom that says, hey, on Tuesday afternoons and Thursday afternoons, we care about your well-being. And if you need a certified counselor to talk to you, call this number. It's no cost. So, I mean, you can call them up and say, hey, I'm feeling a little anxious. What, what can I do? You know, do I need to, you know, do you have any ideas that can help me calm, you know, feel calm or anything? It, it's just, it's, it is, there's, there's a pantry there that technically I don't even have to buy. I mean, you know, someone will beat me up for saying this, but technically I could go <laughs> bring Campbell soup home every night for dinner. No questions <laughs> asked. Just let them know if something, if they're out of something, there's no candy or soda pop in there, but I went in there to just see what was there. It, it ranges from pop tarts to stew. Okay. I mean, crackers yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and I forget about it all the time, but you know, I, I wouldn't be beyond going down there and getting a pop tart now and then. So it's just, they, they care about the students well-being. Everybody uses first names from the president um, mm-hmm. down to the custodian. I, you know, Ron, Ron goes and cleans up the outside of the school every day. So there's no trash on the sidewalks. I mean, it's, it is the coolest place I've ever been in my life. That's cool. That that's cool. So so how long are you going to be there? What what's your program? Okay, so I I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm not the only one that's done this and others are talking yep. about it. But COVID's COVID's done some interesting things. Oh, in that, I imagine, uh, yeah. It, it's, you know, they've they've adapted very well and, you know, I you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a surgeon, but I wear a surgical mask all day long in class, which, <laughs> believe it or not, is a good thing because there's there's it's the machine room is gets pretty dusty. OK. Yeah. And like the last three days I've been working on planing, planing, scraping and sanding, which is reduced my sanding time using a plane and a scraper is, is man, it is wonderful. You know, so I don't sand as much, but sanding still a pretty dirty job. So having the dust mask on all day long, I think it's way, probably something I had to do if there wasn't COVID. Okay. It's a healthy thing. Yeah, but, your, um, your, your nose, nasal passages. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, well, the truth is if you've ever, if you've ever done a lot of sanding, it takes it's kind of like going and you know playing around in the sand dunes you're digging sand out for a couple of days you know sawdust yeah. is the same way and i don't i don't blow black out of my nose anymore okay so mm-hmm. um that's a good thing but so what i'm going to do is is i will have this semester it will end in june okay mm-hmm. um, i'm leases in boston are september to september September 1st is called the big move day in Boston. So it's, you know, everybody moves in Boston from their apartment to another. Oh yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal here. And so you, you know, you have to get permits to block off places. Mm -hmm. We could talk about Boston for an hour. That's pretty, Boston's got some pretty unique things. Jaywalking is promoted. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I've been, I've been there a couple of times and it's It's, interesting, interesting place. It is a cool, it is a cool place. Someone told me the other day that it has as many gunshots as other big cities, but the medical care here is so big that they don't, we we don't have nearly as many fatal gunshots here. (laughs) Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it, but it's still funny or interesting. Okay. So I'm going to stay here. And then since I'm paying rent, I was going to go home for the summer. So now I'm thinking I could stay and you can rent bench space and what your rent. And so you, the, and so let's say the rent's 80 bucks or a hundred bucks a month, a week. Okay. A hundred bucks a week. And you, and they're not going to be open all the time, but um, what my hundred bucks goes to is the faculty, they disappear for the summer. Okay. So mm-hmm. Dan and Lance and Matt and Jamie will be gone. 
but there's the shop the machine room opens at seven and and closes maybe it opens it it's open before eight but i think officially it might be eight and closes at five okay so what they'll do is they'll hire um one of the students to be the shop manager during the day and that money all goes to pay that shop manager why they're there during the day and so the more the more people that stay during the summer rent a bench um, the, 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 the less it will cost us. Okay. So they'll pay that shop manager and the one who's shop manager. Now the third semester person, he thought he might stay the summer anyway. And so I know there's me, there's a few others. If there's enough of us that want to have the bench, that's what, we'll, that's, that's what we'll do is I'll stay during the summer. I'll probably go home for a week here and a week there. Um, but I, um, plan on staying the summer and I plan on, I was, trying to think of what I wanted to do during the summer because there's no instructors here to teach, but they do have continue ed classes that I could take in the evenings that deal like stringing and banding and mm-hmm. um, veneering. And so those could give me ideas and I could practice them during the summer. There's a, a, a really beautiful um, chest that a lot of students make. It's a Peter Follinsby like, I'll say Peter Follinsby-esque type bench. It doesn't have as much carving as Peter had, but it's a replica of an actual chest that was made in the 17th century. And we all have to draw it. And so, um, but I've seen three or four of them made and I really want to carve something like Peter Follinsby does. And um, I, it's a lot of milling and a lot of tenon, mortise and tenons. I think I could pull that off. Um, just an item of note, my first draw bore pin that I've ever driven all the way through. Peter was looking for volunteers and pointed to me and brought me up. And so I drove a drawboard pin into a, um, an, into a, uh, into a rail and a style that actually is going in this big case. If you go to his, this big cabinet he's building and I don't know what it's cost because it's, it's big and, it, and it's time consuming. So it's, it's, it's up there. And, uh, so I actually have a drawboard pin that I hammered in, in that case somewhere. Um, but cool. I, you know, so there's that chest I could do. I thought it'd be nice to do another shaker nightstand and then a different splayed leg table or maybe a splayed leg tray because my wife would like a tray that she could mm-hmm. carry some, you know, wooden tray. And it's so I, I thought I'd practice some of the techniques, maybe that. And then I can practice some carving like Peter Follinsby does and, and get ready to build that cab or that that blanket chest. It's beautiful. And um, I do it out of white oak. So that would be during the summer Then I'll. Then I'll start back again in the fall. That'll be third and fourth semester. Third semester, they do the, the chair class. And then at the end of, th- at the end of in December, Peter, Peter Galbert most likely will come and I'll take a Windsor chair class from him. And he does a, he teaches a chair that he doesn't sell because he, he says there's other chairs that people like better that he could sell. And this one's one he just, if he makes it, he just gives it away to someone who's getting married or something like that. It's kind of a stool. It's a little higher up. It's kind of, but it's on the. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. And, it's a cool looking chair. Yeah. And then he taught us all about milk paint and ways that he could, that it works better and he plays around with it so much and it's really kind of cool. I'm anxious to do that. And so then there's that. And then I have, I'll have other than the chair, and Peter Galbert's thing usually or usually you got about three things going at one time. So like right now I'm working on a full size drawing for a, a secret or it's a oh it's a 17th century desk it has a fold down front on stand and it's got about I don't know 180 parts. I'm almost done with it and I'm drawing it full size. Wow. 
and um, that's a required drawing. And so um, I don't plan on building that, but I, I will have all my requirements pretty much done. And then I can start picking either pieces that I want to build, but I think I'm going to stay on the path of saying, here's the techniques I want. Like I'd like to build a clock. Um, there's not too many new clock makers anymore. Lance told me that there's so many old clocks since the 17th or the 18th century that there's so many old running ones that are so good that you can buy. People aren't buying, you know, people are buying those. They're not building right. anymore. And I thought, where else can I have a master watch over my shoulder while I build a clock? Now, maybe something simple like, or well, not simple. It, it may be shaker-esque simple compared to a tall clock. So it may be a wall clock that some, like a shaker clock compared to, Oh, a banjo clock could be a little bit higher, but there are, you know, there are students that Phil Lowe made a tall clock while he was at North Bennett Street as a student. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, cool. So that's that's my plan. That that's your plan. Well, it sounds like a great plan, and uh, I I think we just need to check in with you after every semester and see see what else is up. <laughs> you are you are more you know it, it, it's going to be the same. Uh, you are more than welcome to check in with me. I cannot say, I mean, I can say nothing disparaging. It's, it's, um, Yo-Yo Ma's coming here. What more could exactly. I, what, I mean, what, what more, more could you want for that? Pardon Man, me? Man, that, that is, that is, that is so fantastic. And Rex, thanks so much. I mean, I have, I mean, I've heard about North Bennett Street School and I think just hearing what, you have gone through in this first semester has given me so much more knowledge than I ever had about the school. It's just fantastic. So thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah, same. So, I mean, we've, we've heard about it, but hearing from a current student, I mean, that is fantastic. That, that is it's fantastic. Like, yeah. It's like seeing behind the curtain a little. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I think, especially, especially someone that comes other from other places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something that somebody that comes from, from your particular experience. Hey, you were a hobbyist woodworker. You, you came, you know, uh, you know, you've been in the real world working and stuff like that. So, you know, you know how all this stuff interrelates by what you're learning there and how that applies out in the real world, so to speak. If, if anybody's interested, they offer tours. You just need to call and they'll set it up. And um, yeah. it, it kind of goes on and goes off. It depends on the COVID yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say North Bennett's not willy nilly about this, but yeah. you know there are other entities that say, um, okay, the 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 number in Massachusetts is really pretty. I mean, when I when you when you walk into a building in in Boston, just about everybody's masked up. I mean, almost 99. I rarely see someone in a inside a building without a mask in Boston. Okay, outside people will take them off, but outside you still see them. So it's it's pretty. Everybody here is pretty careful about it. I mean, that I've seen. And in, in just I live in the North End, and everybody here is pretty careful about it. I live in the old part of Boston, the old historical part. I mean. Paul Revere's house is like a hundred feet from my front door. Okay. Oh wow. It's really close. And in fact, by just pure luck, I'm across the street from North Bennett Street School. Um, it's just when you find an apartment, you grab it because it won't be there five minutes from now. And um, I was hoping for a 20-minute walk. I have a one-minute walk, but it's okay. Huh. All right, it works cool. Um, but it's just uh, they they have the tours. 
But if there's some kind of high risk thing, they may not have it that week. But it's, if you if you have a chance, come. It is way cool. And um, they have some of the work that people make. Some of the former students that are here, they sell their work down in the store, too. So you can get like a puzzle, you know, a wooden puzzle from Jeremy Critchler or some really beautiful turnings are down there right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, jewelry or and jewelry. Whatnot. Or, or, you know, Mark, first edition of Mark Twain that's been leather bound and has beautiful stuff all done Ooh. to it. So it's expensive. Wow. Yeah, that is that is fantastic. Well, let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices. So I'll start us off. I'm drinking from Belching Beaver Brewery. <laughs> yes, yes. This is something I just saw and I went. Okay, I gotta have this. Gotta have it's, it. yep. it's got it's a hazy IPA, and uh, the great name for it is Hazer's Gonna Haze. Hazer's Gonna Haze. <laughs> and uh, it's actually pretty pretty damn good. I was surprised. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. So, awesome. uh, Mark, what are you drinking? I, I am drinking also a uh, hazy pale ale, but that's just what it's called. It just says oh. hazy pale ale, and I, I think it's. The state of beer. Uh, it's it's from Wisconsin, but it was at the it was sitting there at um, Aldi's as I was checking oh, okay, out cool. for coffee, yeah. and I was like, oh, they don't usually have hazy IPA. I'll try this, and it's it's pretty good beer too. Hmm. So uh, it was a good find. Sean, how about you? Uh, tonight it's the house beer, Miller Lite. Miller Lite. <laughs> All right. Something special there. How about you, Rex? I'm drinking uh, Dr Pepper. Nice. Hey, can't go so, wrong with you know, it. It was probably too much made caffeine at the ago. end of the year. Yeah, that's probably true, but uh, it, it calms me down. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> well, well, some someday you need to come down to Texas because we got one of the unofficial Dr. Pepper brewing. Um, and, and there's some weird rule that they have with Dr. Pepper. They can only make it and sell it within the city or 100 yeah, miles exactly. from the or yeah. something like that. Yeah. There's a documentary about that. I had to watch it one day when I found out about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's 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 somewhere up in North pepper. Texas. I forgot where it exactly is. But yeah, yeah. There's a there's like this independent Dr. Pepper brewing or uh, yeah. bottling uh, facility that's totally, you know, separate from what? the rest of Dr. Pepper, but they still use the original recipe. They still have the Dr. Pepper name and they... You know the cane sugar and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I think the guy who invented it was there, but he, you know, he, he it was like a hundred years ago. He's long yeah. gone and something like that. Something, something like the that. licensing or the patent. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think Dr. Pepper just kind of kept them going along as you know, uh, interesting concern for them. You know, just kind of like mm-hmm. a touristy type thing. But anyways, it's fantastic. But. Big soda got to. Him. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Big Soda got to Dr. Pepper, they uh-huh. were they they were an entity, and when Big Soda got to them, they went, "Yeah, you're cute. Keep going." <laughs> yeah, cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> well, with that said, so Rex, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Um, I'm I'm only on Instagram. Well. It bleeds over into Facebook because I let it, but uh, it's easy and simple for me to do, where the other yeah. ones are a little more complicated. So it's R-E-X-H-A-N-S-E-N, at, at R-E-X-H-A-N-S-E-N. That's just <laughs> simple for me. Uh-huh. There you go. So, Mark, what about yourself? Uh, you can find me at 
slate11.com or jointeffort.net. How about you, Kyle? Uh, you can always find me at barton.kyle on Instagram or Kyle Barton on YouTube or BB Custom Tools on Instagram or YouTube. So, Sean, what about yourself? Uh, I'm Sean W78 on most social media. Fantastic. So, Mark, do we have any reviews? We do, Kyle. Uh, oh, well, thank you. So, MD Heine, and I, I think that's how it's pronounced, um, left us a review on iTunes. And the title of the review is Never Annoying. This podcast <laughs> has never once annoyed me. Haha. <laughs> Seriously, though, isn't that what a good podcast is about? I listen while working in the shop. It's interesting and entertaining, and I've never been annoyed and wanted to turn it off. Some other podcasts are good sometimes and just tedious other times. So that's five stars for me. So thank you, MD, for uh, you. giving us that wonderful review. Fantastic. We, we want more iTunes reviews. The, that's the first one we've had on iTunes in a long time. So um, maybe this could be a new trend. We could get one every week. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.